you guys, that's the soundtrack of my life. That I think is always going through my head. So you're welcome. Now you know me a little bit better. That is what's playing through my head at all times. My name is Susan. I'm the pastor of communications, and it is my honor and privilege to bring you the word today. It's really my favorite thing. The only thing I ever want to talk about is Jesus, so I get to do that with you today. And But first, I want to turn your attention to the thing you're probably sitting on. This is the invite card for Shape It. Shape It is our next series. It begins next weekend. It's Shape It, Your Life on Purpose, God's Way. He really does love to uh, be a part of how we plan and shape our lives and our futures, and he has a better way than, than often that we think we do. And uh, so I invite you. It's four weeks. It begins next week. And, you know, none of us like, I literally every service, no one wants to have a New Year's resolution. But what better one to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick it out. I'm coming to four weeks to shape my life on purpose God's way. And uh, that's low-hanging fruit. Like, you could accomplish that New Year's resolution. So we want to invite you back beginning next weekend. But this weekend, uh, I have the privilege of wrapping up our Christmas Reel to Reel series. It's been so fun to look at our favorite Christmas movies and see how it goes from the movie reel to our reality, to our reality and what's real in God's word. It's been really fun. And uh, in June this summer, my husband and I were settling in for a nice romantic date night on the couch watching Netflix, because that's what you do. And uh, we were scrolling through, and I came across the movie The Star. And The Star, I I remembered that it had come out the year prior, or or last Christmas, and I never got around to watching it. And uh, I was like, ooh, let's do that. And, uh, you know, so we did. We watched a Christmas movie in June, a children's animated classic. That was a hot date night for us right there. But little known fact, my husband loves animated movies more than children. He loves all things animated kids' films. So we watched it, and I tell you, I was not expecting this movie. It hit me sideways. I cried through the whole thing. It was so good. If you haven't seen it, it is about um, the nativity story. You know, Mary Joseph, they go to the stable, they have baby Jesus. But it's actually told through the perspective of the animals. And uh, it's so sweet. And, And this movie follows a donkey named Bo with a dream. Okay, uh, you are not going to believe this, but I think a new star just appeared in the sky. Yeah, I don't know, no. What have I said about looking through that thing? Uh, come on, wait. This doesn't happen every day. <laughs> There's nothing out there for you, kid. Things are changing. That star means something. And I'm not going to be here forever. I love the smell of freshly ground grain in the morning. Hey, kid, your unemployed bird friend's here. Dave! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, pal. What's new out there today? Oh, um, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, it's Nazareth. That rooster on Fifth Street overslept again. And uh, that horse, uh, what is his name? Jeremiah Hezekiah? There's an Aya in there, I know that. He lost a shoe. And then, well, (laughs) I mean, it's barely worth mentioning, but the uh, royal caravan is rolling through town today. What? The Royal Caravan? Are are you kidding? Nobody for real! I spotted them outside of town and had to come straight here to tell you. Today's the day we've been waiting for. Nazareth could kiss my gleaming white tail feathers goodbye. (sighs) See, I told you that star was a sign. We're meant for something greater than this. This is our job. And once you accept that, you'll be a glowing picture of happiness. Like me. (laughs) 
Papo. He's so cute. This is a great movie. I encourage you to watch it. Uh, but have you ever felt like that? Like a real donkey? Like where, where you have this dream, this dream for your life except your circumstances look nothing like that dream, and everyone around you has a different opinion about how you're gonna accomplish that dream or if you're even gonna do it. I know I've felt that way, and then I've also felt like my sin and, and the side roads that I've taken have completely disqualified me from even having a dream, let alone living it out. But in those moments, I have taken real solace in the fact that what you can hold on to is the word of God. So I've looked to the word of God and said, all right, Lord, I'm gonna hold on to these promises. So here's three of them that I wanna show us. Psalm 138.8, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. Your faithfulness, Lord, oh Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, you made me. That's one of them. How about Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Or Proverbs 20.24, a person's steps are directed by the Lord, how then? Can anyone understand their own way? And what I've found is that the more that I try to do it on my own, and the, Lord, the more I try to like figure out what God is doing, and I like try to get ahead of him and go, yeah, yeah, cool, come this way. The more I just dig myself into a giant hole, right? I, I, the more I try to control it, the worse it gets, right? So my main idea today is focus on the king to live out your dream. Focus on the king to live out the dream. I tried to make it rhyme. Not many things rhyme with dream, but that's what we're doing. Focus on the king to live out the dream. And we're gonna draw from the words of Paul today. He's writing to his friends in Philippi in the book of Philippians chapter one. And he begins by just, he's praying for them and he's encouraging them and thanking them for partnering with him in the work of the gospel. And we pick it up in verse six. Philippians one, verse six. And then we're gonna go nine and 11. It says, I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. And may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So I know that's a lot. That's a big chunk of scripture and there's a lot in there and we're gonna, we're gonna plow through it. But I think it really will help us focus on the king to live out the dream. But we're gonna go back to verse six, the first part of that, which says, for I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now the truth of this section of scripture is that Paul is referring to the greater theological work that the Lord is doing in our lives, right? It's that um, before you even knew about the Lord, he was drawing you to himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then when you finally said yes to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will continue that good work in you, molding you and shaping you to look and think like Jesus. And he doesn't give up on us, hallelujah, until the day that either Christ comes back or we see him face to face in heaven. That's what it is referring to. But the beauty of scripture is that it's alive and it, and it can come in and affect our lives in many ways. And as I was praying how the Lord wanted me to deliver his message to you today, he pointed me to this scripture. And I was like, okay, cool. And I realized that by looking at how to focus our eyes on the king to live out the dream, this was gonna really help us do that. So I'm excited about this today. So the beginning of verse six, 
God began a good work in you. You are his masterpiece. Creator God of the universe, the artist, the most incredible, brilliant designer in all of the world created something incredible. And it was you. You are his masterpiece. You were such a good idea, he had to put skin on you. Like it was no longer okay for him to just have this great idea of Greg or this great idea of Mary. He's like, I gotta have him in real life with skin and bones. He was so excited about you. We see that in uh, Psalm 139, verse 14 through 16. Now, a lot of us know this one. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. But do you know that full well? Like, do you know that you are his masterpiece? Because I came here today to tell somebody that you are not a mistake. You are not an afterthought. You are not an oops. And I've been haunted by the Lord for three days now because I need to tell somebody today that you are not better off dead. Like, hear me. Hear the word of the Lord to you today. No matter what anyone has said to you, no matter what your circumstances declare, no matter what your mom said or your stepmom said or your brothers, or said, no, it doesn't matter. You are a masterpiece. You are not better off dead. We cancel the lie in Jesus' name that you are meant to live. You are meant to live in vitality and wholeness knowing that you are fully fully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. <laughs> you guys, the Lord is a genius. He does not make junk. You are his masterpiece. So dream like it. So dream like it. Now, I know some of you are like, I don't even have a dream. Are you kidding? It takes everything I have to get up every day and just like one foot in front of the other, make sure the kids don't die, right? Like, I get it. You're like, all I do is work all day long and I come home and it's chaos. Like, how could I ever have the freedom to dream? That feels indulgent and crazy. And I've been there, and I know that, and we're gonna get to that in a little bit. I promise. What you need to understand, though, is that you are worthy of having a dream. You are worthy of having a dream. My husband and I went to Italy for our honeymoon, so, you know, we had, like the hot date on the couch, but we really did go somewhere romantic on our honeymoon. I was like seven years ago. And, um, it was cool, and, and we did the Italy thing. So we did Rome, and then we went up to Florence, and we went there because, you know, you gotta go see Michelangelo's David. And it was impressive, he has very large hands. L legit, his hands are freakishly big, it's strange. But, and it was, it was cool, but what was really cool is that this is like hallway that leads to this thing where he is. But there's this neat hallway, and there are these four giant statues that Michelangelo had created, and they're actually called Michelangelo's non finito, his unfinished works, and they're entitled The Prisoners or The Slaves. And uh, many believe, though, that they're not actually unfinished works. What they look like are these large pieces of stone with people like emerging from it. It's kind of creepy. And uh, so here's a picture of one of them. This one's called Atlas. It's really the only of the four that was appropriate to show you in this moment because all the junk, like it's just all the junk is laid out there for everyone to see. So this one is appropriate, and, uh, but that's what they look like. It's like they're being revealed. And that was Michelangelo's idea. He believed that he was carving into stone to reveal what was already in there. He was not approaching the piece of stone to make something. He was chiseling it and chipping it away to reveal the masterpiece inside of it. 
Let's go back. We read it in the beginning. Psalm 138.8. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. He is at work in us. And it may not look like you think it's going to look, right? So instead, we try to decorate the unfinished work. We try, we're like, thanks, Lord, give me the chisel. Because I know, I know how to chisel this masterpiece to make it look like something awesome. And he's like, that's cute. (laughs) What you are creating and what I am creating are two different things. But we think we can carve it ourselves. But what happens is we get ourselves into trouble. We take off big chunks here and screw that up over there. And that's why in this verse it says, the Lord will vindicate me. You know why? Because we need it. We need his vindications. In efforts to make our own dreams happen, we do all kinds of crazy things. Like Bo, the donkey, right? He has a dream. His dream is to be in the entourage of the king. He wants to carry the king and he's going to make that happen. So he escapes. He escapes from his job, and he, he just makes a whole lot of people mad. And everywhere he goes, everybody's upset. He's got very bad dogs after him. They are angry, bad dogs. And uh, he, he doesn't make it into the king's caravan. All of his efforts failed. And he made a lot of enemies and got in trouble. And he wound up on a very reluctant journey with a very pregnant Mary and Joseph. Check it out. Mary, are you okay? I'm so sorry. No, Joseph. You were right. I was? About what? This is hard. Trust me, I know it is. Just because God has a plan doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And that scares me. Hey, I'm scared too. But I'm here. And I am yours and I will give everything that I have to keep you and the baby safe. I mean, I may not have a lot. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, what happened to all our stuff? Oh, uh... No, <gasps> oh, I was like that, donkey. I always did. I didn't say it enough. That's true. Oh, hello. Ah, did the baby kick? No, that was something different. Different? What different? Like baby's coming now? We've got some time, but yeah, I think so. Okay, nobody panic. I've got the clothes, I've got the bag, I've got the sheep. Why do I have the sheep? Bo, can you carry her? One dark night. Something said, follow the light. So you look up and see the word that's written upon the sky. Oh, I love her freckles and I love the donkey. Oh gosh, Bo is so cute. But how many, yeah, I told you I was a mess when I watched this movie. But here's the deal. How many times have you ever looked around at your circumstance? You have this dream in your head and you look around you and you go, what are you doing? Because the dream often doesn't look anything like where we are currently at, right? But you're not alone. Mary was carrying the Messiah, not into a palace, but into a stable, right? We have uh, Joseph in the Old Testament. He had a dream that he would rule a nation, but instead he wound up in a pit, sold as a slave, and in prison. We have 
Paul in the New Testament who has this dream and he's been called to carry the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth and he spends years in prison. And then we have Bo the donkey who has a dream to carry the king and everything that's happening to him looks nothing like accomplishing his dream but what he doesn't know in that moment is that he is carrying the king inside the belly, right? God's watching him going, you're doing it, bud, you're doing it. He doesn't even know. That's the thing. He had no idea, and we have no idea what the Lord is doing. We don't know the whole story. Like it says, we went back to Proverbs 20, 24. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How can anyone understand their own way? We need to zoom out and trust that God has a plan for our lives. He knows your dreams. He knows them and he cares about them deeply. He wants to accomplish his dreams in you, but we have to let it happen. We kick and scream. We have to trust that God is doing what he said he's doing. He's doing a good work in you, and he's committed to see it through to the end, and glory, hallelujah, he doesn't give up on us, right? Can I tell you, let me tell you something. The biggest successes and jumps forward toward my goals and my dreams in my life have happened when I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable how I have nothing to do with it. The Lord's like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this, so sit down, right? I have asked him so many times, like, how, Lord, when, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything, you just tell me. And you know, he says, sit. Okay, well, that, that's not very productive, and he goes, I know, look at me. Sit down, look at me. We gotta look at the king to accomplish our dreams. It's funny because it seems like God has a different agenda than we do, and I'll imagine that. It's surprising, right? But back to the words of Paul. In Philippians, he goes on to say, in verse nine, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. God wants to accomplish your dreams, but more importantly, he wants you to know love. He wants you to love yourself. He wants you to see you as the masterpiece that he sees. He wants you to love the other. He wants you to love your neighbors, and more importantly, he wants you to know and love him, to deepen your understanding and your knowledge of him. That's his priority. That's his priority. This exact time last year, literally today, last year, I was asking the Lord the question, how do I gain influence? I've got this book that I'm writing, I've got these things that I wanna do, and I, and I needed to, in order to submit to publishers, and they care about numbers, and so then you're like just doing the social media thing and trying to get people to follow you, and on my website, and somebody just put your email address in and follow me, you know, all that, and it's exhausting, and I was, it was hours and hours of my life trying to, trying to make this thing happen, and I said, Lord, how do I do this? How do I gain influence? And he popped back like that in sheer, total God fashion with one word, and he says, intimacy. I was like, well, that's not as fun, <laughs> you know? I am intimate with you, Lord. Like, I love you, and I read my Bible, and, and all those things, right? And he goes, I know. Just look at me. And I'm nothing if not obedient to the voice of the Lord, right? I just, I'm going to do it. So I was going to look at the king to accomplish my dreams. And no joke, I didn't do anything this year. I just read my Bible more than I have ever read. I just spent time gazing at my true love. And it felt incredibly unproductive. 
And yet, there have been bigger strides in making things happen in my life this year than ever before, far beyond what I could have actually accomplished in my own strength and in my own strategy and my own timing. And God's like, just sit down and look what I can do because it's far bigger and far greater than you can do. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And I'm loving watching God get the glory because he'll get his. He will get his and I want him to get all of it. So when we're trying to, we stop trying to accomplish all of these things in our own strength, we become more in tune to the heart of God, right? It, Paul goes on to say in, in Philippians 1.10, he says, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may be pure and blameless, living lives until the day of Christ's return. When we start really trusting the Lord and we look at the king to accomplish our dreams, we recognize that he knows best on how to get us where he wants us to go. And our hearts become in line with him. And we begin to walk in step with the Spirit. And when we walk in step with the Spirit, we stop stepping in the donkey mess. So we step in the donkey mess, and we traipse that around everywhere, and then we have to have this cleanup time. So we spend all this time and energy cleaning up the mess of our sin. That's exhausting. and takes way more energy than just walking in step with the Spirit. Purity produces power. When we walk in step with the Spirit, the power we possess increases exponentially because we're not wasting all that time. I can honestly say that when I look back in my life and those times when I was like sideways in the swamp of sin, I look back and I think, so much wasted time. And I'm, I'm sad about that and I regret it but the Lord is so good, and that time in the swamp of sin didn't disqualify me from living out my dreams. And he didn't disqualify you or Bo. Check it out. Um, uh, is, uh, uh, I'm sorry, is, is this your stable? <laughs> no, 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 no. We've come to honor the new king. I'm sorry. <laughs> king? Where? Uh, what is he talking about? A king? What's his name? His name is Jesus. For Jesus. Gold. Myrrh. Do you guys like frankincense? I never know what to get. Thank you. For the newborn king. We're never going to hear the end of this, are we? And I hope we never do. Oh, he carried the king. And when he realized it, he realized it was far greater than the king of the world over there. He carried the king of kings and the Lord of lords, something he would have never dreamt possible. But he got to do it. And then I love Dave, the dove. He's like, we're never going to hear the end of this. And then Ruth, the sheep, she says, and I hope we never do. Because... We never get tired of giving God the glory. When we are focused on the king to live out the dream, he gets all the glory. We are intended to tell the story of his greatness. In Philippians 
It says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. You, living full of the fruit of the Spirit, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, you, living full of that, that's what brings God glory. He loves it. He loves looking at you and he's like, look at that girl bringing that joy into the room where there was none. Look at that guy being gentle to his little sister. Look at that man being a faithful, faithful husband. God loves when his children are full of the fruit. That's what brings him glory. And it's so fun. It's so fun to walk in the spirit, to focus on the king, to accomplish our dreams and give him all the glory. But maybe you're thinking, Listen, I don't even have a dream. <laughs> I get it. I've been there. So about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago, um, I lived my dream. I spent my whole life as, a, as an actor, a professional actor, and I, I lived it. I had a career people would kill for. It was so great. I had a house. I had a husband. I had all the things. And I thought that I was just living the dream. And then it did not turn out the way I thought it would. And... And it was hard and painful, and I finally surrendered it to the Lord, and I said, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, um, you can have it all. I don't, I don't want this dream anymore. This is not the dream. I, you know what? God, you dream for me now, because I think that that would just be better. And, and I just surrender it all to you, and I'm asking you to dream for me. And for a year, I prayed, whatever wherever. And I was so sincere about it. I, I, I said, Lord, whatever you have for me, wherever you have, I had this romantic dream that I'd be like a nun in Timbuktu, right? Like I'm not Catholic at all, but I was like, but that might be romantic, you know? And that's like really sacrificial. That'll be a, I'll be a good Christian, right? But I just knew, I said, no, Lord, I give it to you. Your plan is way better than mine. So I give it to you. And for a year, every day, whatever, wherever, I really surrender it to you, whatever you have for me. And suddenly I found myself just going wherever he would lead. He'd be like, open this door, walk this way, one foot in front of the other. And I found myself uh, married to a man and becoming an instant mom of three daughters at the time and moving to a completely new city and becoming a pastor. Like that, what? <laughs> right? So I'm following the Lord, whatever, wherever, whatever, wherever. And then I, I, I find myself here and I'm like, oh, how did I get here? Like, I would have never in a million, you could have never paid me to, to design this life for myself. And it was the most incredible, beautiful, far beyond my wildest dreams experience I could have ever had. And it took me a while to get my sea legs, right? I was just kind of like, ooh, there's three girls. What do I do? You know, new city. I'm a pastor. What? This is crazy. And, and it took a while, but suddenly I started hearing the voice of the Lord say some things to me that were really annoying. And uh, he's good at that, like real good. And I heard him say, tag, you're it. I don't know what that means. What do you mean? What, what do you mean, tag, you're it? And he goes, yep, it's your turn. For what, God? <laughs> it's your turn to dream. And I, I was like, what? No, no, this is your dream. I'm living out your dream for me, and this is great. And I, it's far better than I ever imagined, and I don't deserve it. Oh, Oh, I was believing the lie that I didn't deserve it, that my sin and my shame and all the stuff that I had been in, this was good enough, God. I, I barely deserve this. Like, thank you so much for this new life and this new incredible stuff I'm experiencing, and I'm just living for you. 
And he goes, I know, isn't that great? Now you dream. And it was like shocking to my spirit and I didn't know how. And, and he just got more annoying. He was just like, state your dreams. State your dreams, season. State your dreams. I was like, stop it. I don't, I don't have any dreams. He goes, just try it. I'm like, Ooh, okay, fine. So I like had to get up the nerve, you know? And I'll never forget, I was laying in bed one day and it was like, stop, stop. Okay, just, if I say something, will you just stop bothering me? State your dreams, season. So I finally got up the nerve was one night laying in bed and I was like, okay, like maybe, like if it's cool with you, I don't, I, you know, no pressure or anything. Like just, I'm gonna, like maybe if, Someday, uh, I think it would be super um, neat to um, go on a missions trip with my husband. And I, like, I swear to you, I, like, took the blankets and like, went like this. I'm like, don't strike me with lightning. I don't know why I was so afraid to state a dream to the Lord. But it's what I wanted to do. I'd never really been on a missions trip before. And in godlike fashion, the next day, I got a phone call from some guy that my husband and I had a meeting with like a month prior. And he's like, hey, I know this is a long shot, but I just, I was thinking about you guys. And I, listen, I know you probably can't do it, but do you have a passport? Yes, we do. Um, well, we're going on this missions trip in a month. We're taking like 50 kids to Mexico. and I, We just need two more people. And of course it would be all expenses paid and it's for a week and two weeks. And I know you guys probably can't even go, but I, do you, what do you think? And I was like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't have any jobs. So yeah, we could go. And, um, <laughs> we didn't have our kids that week, and it just all suddenly lined everything up. I don't know how it happened like that. And uh, I said, yeah, just weird thing, though. Like, when did you think to ask us? And he goes, yeah, last night, Lord. Like, I don't know. Suddenly your name just popped into my head, and I thought, oh, Season and Chris, maybe they would go. Come on, Jesus. He's crazy. And you know what he said? And, of course, I said to him, I'm like, Lord, you're nuts. You are nuts. And he goes, what, like it's hard? If you like Legally Blonde, you will understand that reference. What, like it's hard? He says that to me a lot. And now I state my dreams to the Lord, but it was a process. And it was like one little thing. I'd be like, okay, this. And it was like, boom, it would happen. And it was like shocking to me. Was like, and again, what, like it's hard? State him again. State your dreams. State your dreams. State your dreams. State your Okay. State your dreams. The most important thing, your dreams, they're important to the Lord. But he wants you to focus on him. Focus on the king to live out your dreams. It is his greatest desire that you would look at him and flourish. He wants you to do that. He's prodding you. He's nudging you. State your dreams. You got to remember that the God of the universe isn't afraid of them. He really isn't afraid of your dreams. Your circumstances, he don't care. I mean, just remember, Jesus, he was born on the wrong side of the tracks, right? Nothing good can come from Nazareth. His family line was full of crooked kings and crazy uncles and prostitutes. Like, but the Lord, the Father in heaven didn't really care what Jesus' earthly circumstances even looked like to anyone else. It didn't matter because Jesus just kept his eye on the Father and he did only what the Father told him to do. He kept his eye on the king and he accomplished his dream, which was to bring you back into relationship and intimacy with him and with the Father in heaven. That's the goal, that's the main idea. Focus on the king to live out your dreams. But maybe, maybe you don't even have like a focus 
of the king. Like maybe you've never met the king of the universe. Or maybe you've heard about the king of the universe and you're like, well, that's kind of terrifying. <laughs> like he does the lightning thing, right? And I don't want anything to do with that. But it's not true. God is doing a good work in you. And he has been and he's been drawing you to himself. And there's a reason you're here today. There's a reason you're like, okay, fine, I'll go to church. I'll start the new year off right. Listen, there's no shame in that. So do it. It's time. It's time to turn your focus from the mess, from the donkey mess that you've been stepping in and traipsing around and the lies that you've had to cover up. It's exhausting. That's the coolest part about all this. When you look at the king, he says, you don't have to work that hard. I don't need you to be exhausted. I need you to be refreshed and full of energy and full of life and joy so that when I say go, you can. Just look at me, and today is the day. Today is the day he is reaching out. He goes, let me pull you up out of that pit. Let me get you out of that prison of your sin. Today is the day you look to the king because he's been looking at you, and he hasn't been looking at you with shame and frustration and anger and condemnation. He's been looking at you and going, that's my masterpiece. That's my girl. That's my boy. Come here. Look at me. Put your eyes on me. That's all you need to do. Grab a hold of my hand. Let me bring you into back relationship with me. Let me bring you into a right relationship with me. Today is the day. I know it. I know that today is the day the Lord is lining it up for you. You have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to the forgiveness of your sins, to say yes to grace and peace and freedom, freedom like you've never known before. Today is the day. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you do that thing that you do, the spiritual awakening thing that those of you who are in the room right now who just know that you need something. If you're tired of doing it on your own. You are tired of making it happen and you're like, okay, fine, I will say yes. That annoying little voice of the Holy Spirit, it's working. And he loves you. He loves you. So if that's you right now and you got dry mouth and you feel maybe like you're gonna throw up, that's okay. That's the Holy Spirit. He says, come on. Come on, don't waste another weekend. Don't waste another day. Grab a hold of me. Let me do what I want to do. Let me cleanse you from the inside out. Holy Spirit, we trust you. And we ask you to do a mighty work in this room right now. If that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus today, stop wasting time. Go into the new year fresh, full of his grace and power. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to see you. I see you in the back. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You're doing a good work in your kids today, God. Raise your hand. Today is the moment. I see you over on the side. I see you. Praise God. God is at work, and he's doing a mighty thing in his masterpiece. Let him chisel. It doesn't hurt when he does it. It doesn't hurt when he chisels. And that's what you just say. You say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your care and your love. Thank you that you want to take my sins. I give it to you, God. I acknowledge that I can't do it myself anymore. And I want you to do it for me. I'm turning my eyes and my focus to you. My eyes are on you, King Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in my life. We love you, God. We celebrate your goodness today. Amen. And for the rest of us, I'm going to stay in that posture for a minute because God's not done. So you can keep your eyes closed. We're just going to ask the Lord. I believe that today is the day. Today is the day that we reawaken those dreams. There have been dreams that you let go there have been dreams that people told you were impossible. There have been dreams that your sin said, not for you. you. You passed that up a long time ago. There are dreams in your heart and in your mind from your childhood, secret, secret dreams that no one's ever heard of. But the king of the universe knows your heart. And he said, it's time to state your dreams because I care. And he loves it. He's like, watch what I can do. I think he gets the biggest kick out of it. I think he gets the biggest kick out of making your dreams come true. It's time. 
It's time. He cares. He cares about the renovation of your kitchen. He cares about you want the whole family to be together around your dinner table. He cares that you love that car and you want to restore it. He cares that you want to go back to school. He cares that you want to garden in your backyard. He cares that you want to take up photography. He cares about all of the things that you think are insignificant. They are not, and you have not been disqualified for them. He's going to be glorified. You're going to drive around in that new renovated car, and he's going to be, look at what my kid did with your own two hands. When you're gardening in the backyard and you're digging up those worms and pulling those weeds, he's like, let's do it together. He is glorified when you live out your dreams and there is no dream too big. The title of my message is King Size Dreams because it takes a king to accomplish them. If it doesn't take a king, they're not big enough. He says, bigger, bigger. You dream bigger today. So I just declare right now an activation in the Holy Spirit across the room that there are those dreams that you're ashamed of because they seem silly. Those dreams that you let die a long time ago right now in Jesus' name, they would be reactivated, brought to the surface, and that you would know he's calling you to live your dream, state your dream, keep your eye on the king to live out those dreams. In Jesus' name, we declare all that to be true. Amen. Thank you, Lord.